Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody. I'm Morgan Cunningham on Face Connecticut here on WTIC News Talk 1080 96.5TIC and Light 100.5 WRCH. We're speaking this morning on Face Connecticut with Christina Kennedy. She's a government relations lead for DoorDash New England. Good morning, Christina. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, when I think about Connecticut's economy and also the nation's economy, certainly rocked the last two years because of COVID-19, but DoorDash has been around before COVID-19. Maybe it's experienced some changes in the last two years, but could you give us just kind of a general summary to get started about talking about kind of what DoorDash is, what it's been, and where we are right now. Of course, yeah. So I've been with DoorDash for over a year now, and it's been a very exciting time just watching how the platform interacts with consumers and local businesses to really address this ongoing, I guess, demand for convenience while also helping elevate local commerce. And as you mentioned, DoorDash has been around for a while, and we've been doing this since we were founded in 2013. And our mission has been focused on growing and empowering local economies, including those in Connecticut. And what we've done is we've done that by partnering with thousands of local merchants in Connecticut and connecting folks in Connecticut with their favorite local businesses for online ordering, for takeout, for delivery, you know, through our platform, if you're a user, you know that you can order from your local mom and pop, you can order from neighborhood favorites, and now we've kind of expanded our offerings, and you can also order from national retailers like PetSmart or Bed Bath & Beyond. We've also been working to empower Connecticut residents from all walks of life, whether you're a retiree, a student, a teacher, an entrepreneur, to earn money when they would like, where they would like, and how they would like by delivering meals and other goods uh, to their communities as what we call dashers. And lastly, I'd say throughout the pandemic, we've worked um, significantly in the state to partner with community organizations to support small businesses and also address food insecurity through our Project Dash initiative, which I'd love to talk more about as well, Um, when especially during the pandemic, the need has been ever so great for both of these. Let's dig in a little bit here. So here we are, DoorDash. It has found ways to partner with local communities throughout the United States, not just Connecticut, but throughout the United States. But just focusing on Connecticut for the program here, how is it that 
DoorDash actually fosters and grows local community relations within our state here? In Connecticut, uh, during the beginning of the pandemic, we partnered with the Commissioner of Ag. We partnered with the Salvation Army as well as United Way. And through that partnership, we were able to deliver food boxes to communities in need in Connecticut. So we were able to deliver to uh, Bridgeport, Torrington, Waterbury. And the Project DASH program allowed folks in Connecticut that were in need of food to call United Way's 211 number and who in turn coordinated with the local Salvation Army pantries to prepare food boxes that we at DoorDash picked up and delivered to those in need in Connecticut. And what's exciting about this is not only did it help hundreds of families throughout the pandemic within the state, but this was a model that we used, a case study in Connecticut, and a pilot that we used that we've now actually implemented um, in states across the country. So um, it was an exciting time for Connecticut, but it also helped DoorDash build up programs to assist individuals across the country as well. There's definitely been a lot of momentum in recent years to deal with food insecurity across the country. And just thinking about Connecticut, I know that Eastern Connecticut State University has a similar type of food pantry for students who may need a little bit of help in getting food. But also uh, moving through the Connecticut legislature right now, a bill that deals with food waste, making sure that it's reappropriated and and not thrown away, that it's actually going to go to, say, a food share or somebody in need. So with a lot of momentum going on, in Connecticut and also in our world and in the United States to kind of make sure that people do have the food that they need. How is Project Dash looking to grow, perhaps, in five years? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, like I said, we were founded in 2018, and I will say that this year in specific, there is an immense um, feeling here at DoorDash that our need is ever so great across the country and that we would like to continue to grow. So we're asking that any food banks or any food pantries in the state of Connecticut or even with universities that need assistance with delivery, we're happy to provide in-kind deliveries for these organizations to assist them with last-mile delivery. And this in-kind delivery was supposed to end at the end of last year, and because we saw such a great need to continue to assist with food insecurity, we have now extended the in-kind donations for another year. So we're, one, looking to help out with these in-kind donations, but two, to provide our logistics platform to food banks and food pantries across the state of Connecticut and really onboard them onto our system because at the end of the day, we are a technology company and logistics is really where the heart and soul of our, um, our strengths are. So we can really provide assistance to these small local community groups that may need a little bit more help in kind of getting over the edge and getting things to folks at their doorstep. Grateful is a word that comes to my mind, right? I mean, all of these community organizations, food pantries, and individuals as well, they're grateful that they're getting the help that they need. What are some of the stories, other than, you know, just some general thank yous, right? But, But what are some stories that DoorDash is hearing, perhaps, from these organizations that are getting the help? Oh, I mean, it's it's been overwhelming, I think, at the end of the day. I mean, so many stories from Connecticut, Massachusetts, from Maine, from Rhode Island. Um, You know, you have single parents that 
uh, are really struggling in supporting their their children at this time, uh, especially with mothers being um, significantly out of the labor force and the workforce here throughout the pandemic. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot of support from single parents, especially also from seniors. Uh, we have a great program that we do in Western Massachusetts here and which I hope to replicate in the state of Connecticut as well around seniors and elders, uh, and we provide brown bag services for them as well. And for those seniors and elders who have been significantly isolated during the pandemic, it has just, just been a godsend for a lot of organizations and for a lot of communities and for a lot of people. And so um, our dashers in specific love doing Project Dash work because at the end of the day, they're doing that they're giving a delivery that's giving back to their actual community that they live in, that they work in, and nearby. And so um, it's been great uh, when it comes to the stories that we've heard. Feel good, of course, but again, in a time where folks have felt so isolated um, and the demand has been and the need has been high, we're happy to provide this sort of service. And we will continue to have this commitment. We've had this commitment before the pandemic. We have it now, and we're going to foster and continue this on for the foreseeable future. Speaking this morning on Face Connecticut with Christina Kennedy, she's New England's government relations lead for DoorDash. So going back to the beginning of our interview where we were talking about local economies, um, employment, businesses, and the partnerships that DoorDash has with those two groups, right, in Connecticut, how, what are you hearing from local businesses when DoorDash reaches out to them or they reach out to DoorDash to create a partnership uh, so that people can, say, order off of DoorDash from a local eatery. You know, we're talking about small mom-and-pop businesses to maybe bigger corporations. What is DoorDash hearing from them, and how is it working? It's working fantastic. I mean, we have a wonderful relationship with the Connecticut Restaurant Association, and we really value them as partners. We appreciate having constructive dialogues with them and really working together to see how we can better support their members. I mean, during the pandemic with cities and states issuing the stay-at-home orders and guidances, we all saw that operations of restaurants became very restricted. And what happened was delivery and pickup services just became more and more critical to reduce that person-to-person contact. It became a lifeline for restaurants. And it also ensured that folks had access to food and other essentials. And so, you know, DoorDash's beginnings were built on restaurant relationships, and so it continues to be a focus for us as we create solutions that best serve their needs. And so what we've heard from them is a diverse array of things, you know, and one in particular um, surrounds our partnership plans that we have with them. And so what we really rolled out last year was a new partnership plan that offered a more accessible and flexible option. So right now when we speak with restaurants, they have the ability to choose from three different delivery commission price points based off of, again, what their needs are as a business. And so we believe that for our communities to thrive and for communities in Connecticut to thrive, we need to give equal access and opportunity for local business owners. So a pricing plan for a mom and pop should not be the same as the pricing plan for a national chain restaurant. We understand that there's a need there to differentiate that. So we've built in this um, three-point commission price points for restaurants. We've also rolled out storefront. And so we recognize that a lot of restaurants have told us, specifically the mom and pops, that, you know, they want an online presence, but at the end of the day, they'd like control over their customers. And so for us, what we ended up rolling out was storefront, 
DoorDash storefront is a commission-free option. It allows restaurants to kind of create their online presence, to create their online store, and they only pay us for credit card processing fees. And so, you know, the fees, whether they be on storefront or the fees, whether they be on um, the commission pricing plans as well, they pay and they cover a lot of the costs that most restaurants um, can't or they don't want to set up on their own, uh, like paying delivery support or paying for insurance or conducting background checks for drivers. And so I think one of the last things is what's important and, and the relationship that we have with our restaurants and our partners is we just don't provide delivery support. We also assist with things like customer acquisition, um, providing insight and analytics, and also helping with customer support and payment processing. A lot of restaurants recognize that online presence was essential um, in surviving the pandemic, and that's something that we're happy to provide and also happy to assist them in marketing their organizations as well. It would seem to me, and I don't have any figures in front of me, but it would seem to me that because of COVID, more and more people went to order off DoorDash because they couldn't go eat at a restaurant, right? And maybe they weren't comfortable Mm -hmm. going into the restaurant to pick up a bag of food to go. So was there an increase in DoorDash DoorDash usage among customers? Of course, and I think that goes back to, again, you know, with the pandemic and and cities having those stay-at-home orders and guidances, it was essential in in many respects for delivery for folks to get um, access to food. And so we, of course, saw an uptick on the platform for uh, customers to utilize it because they felt as though it was a safe option and what they also felt was safe. And we also saw an uptick in individuals wanting to participate in this type of work and to be dashers because at the end of the day, for the customer and for the dasher, it was a contactless delivery. And so that's something that we um, put into the fold really early on to ensure the safety of not just our dashers, but our customers as well. And I will say on a merchant side, when you look at restaurants, um, restaurants were eight times as more likely to survive the pandemic if they were on the DoorDash platform. And I think at the end of the day, what we will continue to do and what we need to continue to do at DoorDash is continue to have an open line of communication to restaurants, continue to have an open line of communication to our dashers as well as our customers to really understand how we continue this productive relationship as we come into a recovery phase of the pandemic. I'd like to talk about dashers for a moment. We talked about that right at the beginning of the interview. Basically, anybody who is able to drive, I think, could be a dasher. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys go about recruiting people to work, people who want to go work for DoorDash? How does that work? Definitely. And I think that kind of feeds into the work that we're doing in Connecticut, as I mentioned, with partners like the Connecticut NAACP, the National Action Network, and the Urban League of Greater Hartford. We're really working with these organizations to showcase that dashing is an opportunity, again, to earn supplemental income and to have the ability to pivot your career, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you would like to just earn a little extra income. Maybe you're a caregiver and you need some money, or maybe you're also just looking to earn some money for a family vacation or college tuition. So working with organizations on the ground, like those I mentioned in Connecticut, are important in kind of spreading the word about this type of work. And the beauty of this type of work is really centered around its flexibility. And so in understanding the Dasher profile, the driver profile of really who our Dashers are, 
We know that they value flexibility, and we've built that into the DoorDash platform for them to allow to enjoy this. And it's a real, real low-barrier way to enter the workforce by dashing. Um, you know, obviously a background check and a clean driver's license, and you'll go through some training, but you have the ability to really earn extra money when you would like it, how you would like it, and where you would like it. And we know that tens of thousands of people across Connecticut participate in dashing currently. And again, as I mentioned, you know, they're parents, they're veterans, they're immigrants, uh, they're retirees, and they like to work on their own terms. And if anything, the pandemic has really accelerated this uh, demand for flexibility, this demand to work when you want, how you want. And that's why people really are drawn to dashing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, the ability to dash for a lot of folks, whatever they may be doing from what all walks of life is excellent for them because they have that flexibility and independence to kind of be their own boss. And so um, it is an exciting type of work for folks in Connecticut. We've seen that. Um, we're really excited to work with partners on the ground to um, showcase how this work can help people um, really create schedules bespoke to their own lifestyles and also help them meet their financial responsibilities or needs. Speaking this morning with Christina Kennedy on Face Connecticut. She's a government relations lead for DoorDash in New England. Christina, everybody has seen it. You're driving down the highway. You're driving down Main Street where you live, right? And everybody's seeing prices at the gas pump. They're high, right? It's part of inflation that's infecting all kinds of prices around the country, around the globe, but gas prices in particular hurting people's wallets. So it's my understanding that DoorDash actually has a gas rewards program or a way to help dashers. Oh, yeah, of course. And I would say, you know, as you, as you noted, Morgan, everyone sees it. And on a DoorDash side, I would say, first and foremost, we have been listening to our dashers. And as gas prices have increased, we've taken a number of steps in listening to our dasher community council, which is comprised of dashers nationwide, um, and to really understand how we could best support them. So, Based on those conversations, we launched a gas rewards program in March, and the purpose of that was, of course, to offset the elevated gas prices, but also just to preserve the earnings that dashers are currently making. And our rewards program includes, uh, one, a weekly gas bonus for those who dash most, but also, two, 10% cash back with Dasher Direct. And Dasher Direct, uh, for all the dashers out there or for other individuals, is a prepaid business visa debit card. It's exclusively for dashers, and they can get 10% cash back on gas purchases at any U.S. station. And they can also get this every time they use their card. They don't actually have to be dashing as well. Um, it's also open to all U.S. dashers, and there's no credit check. And so I will say, with gas prices still being elevated, uh, we are proud to announce, and this is hot off the press for you, Morgan, okay. that we will extend our cashback program through the rest of the summer. And so uh, this got started in March, and really as we've looked into uh, gas prices and looked into their fluctuation, we've extended this now program uh, to the end of the summer. So we've heard straight from dashers that they prefer cashback perks. And that's why we're continuing to kind of make it really central and integral part of our rewards program. Is there any cost to DoorDash for doing this? It's very helpful for dashers. Is there any kind of cost to the company? You know, I mean, we're 
we know that we need to take the steps to continue to make every dash worthwhile. And so that's why we're focused on investing in the Dasher community. And that's why when we first launched this program, we knew that, you know, Dashers aren't the only ones that are facing pain at the pump. Um, And so, you know, we are absorbing um, these sort of programmatic costs. And we're also not passing on the cost of these programs to consumers at this time. And so our focus is to really um, provide resources for Dashers. And um, we continue to do that as we're extending this. So we understand that in order to make this um, still a type of work that uh, folks in Connecticut would like to do, we want to make sure that we're supportive of them and we provide resources in this unprecedented time. Going beyond food for a moment, because you said that you guys are now partnering with businesses that do more than just food. What about like delivery of alcohol? Is that something that's possible? Yes, it is. So, you know, we've we've had uh, an ability to um, really expand our offerings throughout the pandemic. You know, not only can you get um, you can get alcohol, not only can you get goods from Macy's or Bed Bath and Beyond or PetSmart, Pet Store Food, you can also get uh, stuff from local forests as well. And so, in the state of Connecticut, in specific, we've had the ability to um, work with our merchant partners to work with our restaurants around alcohol delivery. And this is something that um, we were hearing from restaurants that they would like to have as an extra, restaurants, excuse me, as well as uh, sort of retailers, um, that they would like to participate in this type of delivery. And the results have just been overwhelmingly positive at a local level. Um, And just for an FYI, you know, in Connecticut, we're able to obviously do alcohol delivery. And from the months of October to the month of December of last year, the number of Connecticut merchants that were selling alcohol through our platform actually increased by 22%. So it was a significant increase in, um, you know, merchants having this opportunity to sell alcohol and deliver it through our platform. And we've had some fantastic stories coming out of that. Uh, One is specific from a Fairfield area merchant that actually got featured there a few weeks ago on some local news in Connecticut um, that just essentially said that DoorDash uh, helped boost their revenue. It was a no-brainer to really do delivery. They're a wine and beer and spirits uh, merchant, and it really helped them expand their access to customers. Christina, we are running a little low on time this morning on Face Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Still have a few more moments here, just real quick. But I did want to ask, you know, there are competitors out there. So how is DoorDash? It sounds like you guys have thought of everything. But looking out, you know, two years into the future, how is DoorDash going to position itself? I think uh, one of our biggest assets is assets, excuse me, is our community work and is our partnerships with community organizations. So, like I said, we are a willing collaborator with the restaurant associations uh, across the country in New England and in Connecticut. And I think the relationship building there is important. Um, and I think that differentiates us from a lot of our competitors. Also, our community work with Project Dash, our community work with organizations like, you know, the Connecticut NAACP and our local organizations. On a business standpoint, we really start to build out uh, different different components and different parts of the platform to assist to assist and support restaurants. And I think one of the biggest components that came out of the last few weeks in specifics um, deals with DoorDash Capital. And DoorDash Capital is something that 
is an ability to provide fair and equitable uh, access for financing for restaurant partners. And so we understand that there is still a need for restaurant support as we come into this recovery phase and maybe in times of disaster relief or, God forbid, another wave of the pandemic, we're understanding that restaurants need the ability to access capital in a fair and equitable way. And so we've allowed to, um, we've actually onboarded DoorDash Capital as part of our platform and restaurants within Connecticut can look on their platform and be able to see if they're eligible for some sort of DoorDash capital grants. Um, so I think that that definitely differentiates us as well. Um, and then lastly, when it comes to DoorDash, of course, we've continued on expanding our offerings from alcohol to uh, retail, but we really are still focused on the restaurant theme and having that hyper-local support. And so we do uh, disaster relief programs outside of DoorDash Capital, um, maybe it's hurricane relief, maybe it's fire relief, maybe it's um, uh, earthquake relief. So we really started to build out those support programs as well. And I think getting close to the community is what DoorDash is about, and that will di- differentiate us in the years to come. Christina Kennedy, I'm so grateful for your time. She's our DoorDash Government Relations Lead for New England. Any final thoughts as we wrap up Face Connecticut this morning? No, thank you so much for having me on today. DoorDash appreciate, appreciates being in the state of Connecticut, and I look forward to being on the ground in Connecticut in the upcoming months. Thank you so much, Morgan, and thank you for your time today. Thank you so much to everyone listening this morning on Face Connecticut. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.